there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Sandmeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down with Dr. Mike Rakes, who's now the president of Evangel University. He was one of my professors at Southeastern um, back in the day when I was young and had uh, more hair, and what hair I had was not great. Uh, but he, he was uh, my professor of pastoral care and learned so much from him. And today, we just sit down and discuss his book, um, Surrendered and Unafraid, which is a, a journey. He shares their journey with his daughter, Whitney, or is referred to as Wit throughout the, throughout the podcast, and just her journey and be, from being diagnosed with cancer and just how much he's learned, he learned from her, and then the realities of, of what he's learned about God and the God he served in this time of, of, of grief and mourning is they've lost, um, they've lost Wit to the battle with cancer. And um, I just really appreciated his his willingness to share. And uh, as Pentecostals, I'm a Pentecostal, sometimes we grieving and mourning is not something we do so well. And it's not something we're willing to share about. And um, maybe not uh, sharing about our our thoughts on God that, that maybe when we're when everything's going well, one of the questions is about umbrellas don't work in hurricanes. And what do we do when we're faced in those type situations when the God we thought we knew and um, it just does not, doesn't turn out the way we thought it was going to turn out. And I appreciate his wisdom and insight. And please know I did my best throughout the interview to respect him and to respect the um, the purpose of the interview was just to, to learn from him. We st- I stuck to the questions um, from the book, and uh, but just really appreciating him willing to let us see an insight and to, to honor Wit and um, her memory and also for um, him to help us understand um, when we go through tough times, um, the God we, God we thought we knew might, it might not all exactly end up the way we thought it would. And um, the, the, uh, obviously the title of the book, Surrendered and Unafraid. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. So welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to be here today with a new friend of the podcast, Dr. Mike Griggs. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Good to be with you, Aaron. Mike, would you just take a few minutes just to share a little bit about yourself and your, your new role um, at Evangel? Yeah, I stepped in uh, about uh, 210 days ago uh, to be the president of Evangel University and uh, oversee the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. So right here in Springfield, Missouri. So happy, happy to be here. And uh, we hit the ground running. We've been going hard. Uh, primarily, we have 2,011 students this year uh, that call this place uh, home and uh, are getting degrees in all different kinds of fields. Wow. Exciting. And my daughter's coming there next year. So we oh, will, we will be, we will be on the, the campus also. And uh, he probably does not remember, but um, I was one of his students way back about 23 years ago. And he taught me pastoral care at Southeastern. And so that was back in the day. It's been, it's been, it's been a few years ago and um, I was a lot younger and uh, yeah, I had more hair. So anyway, you have changed a bit. (laughs) (laughs) You're kind, you're kind. Today we're just going to jump into your, your book um, surrendered and unafraid. And um, it's a book that has challenged me and read over it once and twice. And um, yeah. Can you just maybe just share a little bit, what led you to write Surrendered and, and Unafraid? 
You know, it's funny because uh, I never would have thought I would have written a book like this. Uh, in fact, the book I thought I was going to write was on how God uh, did a miracle hmm. and our daughter survived uh, cancer with a miraculous uh, recovery. But she was our worship pastor at our church and a uh, very talented, uh, sincere kid, uh, loved God with all of her heart her whole life, never did wrong, never rebelled, never partied, never, uh, never did anything. And... Um, uh, so she got cancer at 23 years old, uh, it was uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, felt the bump on her neck, and uh, uh, we had her go in, and and then that started uh, a four-year uh, uh, battle for us that ended in her um, going to heaven and uh, us having to say goodbye. But the whole time, that four years, and I think that's why I wrote the book, we never doubted. We never mm-hmm. believed. She took communion every night. She would stand on the word of God. And we bought her a big Bible mm-hmm. so she could actually stand on her verses and quote it. And she did. And uh, we we all believed. Uh, yeah. And we just never entertained any doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had confidence in God, uh, even all the way to the very end. So you can imagine our shock when it didn't didn't go our way. Yeah. And um, you wrote, in the book, you talk about wit, um, W-I-T, wisdom, integrity, and tenacity. Does that describe her? And can you share a little bit about that, her yeah, personality? Uh, well, well I, was, uh, I was sitting in the floor weeks after her death, uh, uh, trying to pray. It was hard to pray. I couldn't worship at all. I, couldn't, I just couldn't get the words out because worship was her thing, hmm. uh, was our connection. And I had one of her journals uh, out uh, on my lap sitting there. Um, I remember, um, you know, sitting there cross-legged. I had my journal out, but I was holding her journal. And as I began to read her journal uh, during her battle with cancer, both with chemotherapy and then after a year uh, or after three years, um, they released her and said, there's nothing else we can do. I saw wisdom, just unbelievable wisdom coming like she was, uh, for instance, on wisdom, she was writing in her journal about the song where it says, God will never let you down. He'll never let you down. Hmm. And um, she's she's trying to figure out the, because God uh, was letting her down. He was not touching her. The chemotherapy wasn't working. And so she writes these words. She says, it's impossible for a songwriter to uh, write about things they've never experienced before. So it's not fair to judge that songwriter or to say that song doesn't work or it's not relevant because you can't hold them accountable for things they haven't experienced. Hmm. And so for, in that case, she was 26. I just thought that's incredible wisdom. And then uh, on integrity, she was telling the truth in her prayers to God uh, about how she felt, uh, what she was going through. And then, and of course I had to do that with my lamenting. And then Hmm. uh, her tenacity was just to never give up. Uh, they gave her the first, after the first six months of treatment did not work, uh, they said she would be dead within a few months. And, wow. uh, and yet uh, uh, she fought through and, and God preserved her for, uh, for the four years for us. Yeah. 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 You share in chapter nine, you share about the last Father's Day card um, you received from, from Whitney and um, how it impacted you. Would you be willing just to share that with, share a little bit about that with us? Yeah, uh, that, that immediately uh, floods me with, uh, and I remember it um, pretty almost verbatim, but she essentially says, Dad, this next season is going to be more about you than about me. And uh, so as I was going through just my last memories of her. And I come across that card 
was just on a particularly difficult day. You know, when you're in ministry and you have preached your whole life about the supernatural and miracles and you believe with all your heart, your daughter never rebelled, never disobeyed you. The Bible promises long life. And you're sitting there realizing none of this worked out like that. Uh, and I'm reading their card and I realized if this next season is more about me, then it must be that I have to fight uh, against doubt and unbelief the way she had to fight against cancer. And uh, because the doubts creep in, are do I still believe in miracles? Am I still going to pray for people? And that's a little bit of what's in the book. You know, I just kind of am fighting my way out of of uh, not depression. It wasn't that. I mean, it, when you go through something like this, this isn't about your emotions being down or this is a this is an irrevocable loss. You 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 don't come back from this as far as um, you know. Okay, now we're going to have a great Mother's Day. You know, yeah. or now Father's Days are going to be the same. Father's Day, there is a there is an empty chair at my table every year. There is a hug, that, a side hug that I don't get. There is a a card that I don't get, and uh, the grief uh, the grief lingers. And unless you've experienced a hit like that. Um, um, and so that, that's a part of why when she said this season's more about you, I realized I, I can't roll over. I can't just let this destroy me. Hmm. Uh, I, I have to figure out what God's trying to say here. Yeah. Cause you have two doctorates in the, in theology or Bible, correct? I think that's what have, you said have, something. Yeah. I have one in, uh, one in uh, ministry and theology and then one in business. Yeah. So, well, yeah. and so that's. I mean, for somebody that doesn't have those degrees and spent their whole life um, studying God's word, sharing God's word, going through like this, something like this, it would be an unbelievable challenge. But you're you're willing this to share. Hey, I've spent my whole life studying God's word, sharing God's word and the courage. Where did you find the courage to be that honest and transparent? I mean, it really ministered to me. But yeah, where's that courage come from? Well, you know, I get a letter or an email every week and sometimes several days a week from people that have come across the book or the audio version on Audible or something um, about that. What happened is I was journaling. So I've been a big journaler my whole adult life uh, since 1985. I've been Hmm. just writing down my journey with God some days, two or three sentences, but some days a lot. So I'm three or four or five months after Witt's passing, I'm still journaling. And all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, I think I'm writing a book here. It was Mm -hmm. like the Holy spirit showed me, um, you're, these are not your words necessarily. Mm -hmm. So then that's where that, uh, when you think about wisdom, integrity, tenacity, that's when I realized if I tell the truth, if I'm, if I have integrity and I really tell what happened, um, what kind of God, uh, survives that? What kind of God, what does God look like coming out of that? And I realized that as, as a Pentecostal, yeah. as someone yeah. who believed in miracles, that I had I had kind of said, I had preached the wrong things, uh, not with any um, a bad motive at all, but I was saying things that about God that he actually did not say, and he did not promise, you know? Hmm. So, uh, so halfway through, I realized, oh gosh, I'm writing a book. I, I I need to I need to lean in here and get this right. You know, yeah. you know. I grew up in a, somebody's God church my whole life, and um, and I do. Th- it is a, it's easy any as a missionary now. It's easy to share things, but as you sh- in the book when you walk through it, it gives you a totally different perspective. Yeah, and um, it just it really uh, ministered my, me. My wife, my wife and son, you know, who who are left can't read the book. 
Um, hmm. they, they can't, it's just too painful to go there. The, the grief is there. Um, but I didn't write it for them. I wrote it for somebody who, who faithfully has served God their whole life and they've been thrown into suffering, whether it's with COVID or disease or a car wreck or some horrible thing. And you just wonder, you know, I thought I had protection from Psalm 91. I thought, you know, something. And, um, and I just kind of unpack that in a theological way, but in a, in a brokenhearted way too. Yeah. And that kind of leads my, one of my other questions. You talk about umbrellas will not help in hurricanes. Yeah. And um, do you, you share, you say, you know, small storms, they give you a sense of this, this sense of security, but this right. unsuspecting beautiful families can also be hit by tragedy. Um, yeah. Can you just share a little bit about that and how, how our shallow understandings of God can impact our understanding of the hurricanes and how umbrellas, they do not work in, in hurricanes? You know, I, I have thought this uh, over the years. I've said it. You probably heard me say it when um, back in the day, but I've always felt like missionaries kind of get it. Like like they they see suffering in a way that most people don't. Uh, they see the edge of humanity. They see the worst. Yeah. Uh, where those of us here in the West are pretty pretty insulated from those things. So uh, I had insulated our kids. We had never even had cancer in our family. It, it was just it was, there was nothing there. It was no suspecting. So we were living in Florida and we got hit by three back-to-back-to-back hurricanes. And um, the third one being the most significant to our house and, and yeah. a part portion of our roof came off and that sort of thing. So we were huddled up for about 18 hours and uh, Whitney starts singing this song, who's in the middle of the storm God is. And hmm. her and her mom were singing, we're in the laundry room. The wind's been howling about 18 hours. It's not like it was over. Like we stayed in there. We had our little two puppy dogs in there with us. And and Whitney's, it just kind of is even haunting to me now. Can hear her voice, you know, her little nine-year-old voice just hmm. singing, who's in the middle of the storm God is, who is in the middle of the storm God is. Um, I, I know I'm basically going to be okay because God's in the middle of the storm. Hmm. What I don't think I realized is you don't always get rescued out of storms. So in Florida... Wow. When these storms would come through, uh, a umbrella is going to turn into a projectile. An umbrella is going to hurt somebody. And I feel like some Christians think if I throw out a few verses or if I do this or if I attend church or pay my tithes, uh, I'm going to be propped up. I'm OK. Or if I confess this or whatever, that that's going to protect me. And in some ways, whether it does or doesn't, only God can can say, but I think we prop up our our, our beliefs that way. But when a real storm rocks a family, uh, there's nothing you can lean on except total faith in God. And mm-hmm. that's your only, uh, you know, because it ends up moving into mysterious land. You, nobody can explain it, you know, yeah. uh, that sort of thing. So that's where the umbrellas in a hurricane came from, uh, connecting with the storm. But so what a scripture verse that means a lot to somebody else can actually uh, turn into a projectile to a person who's suffering hmm. and and they can be wounded by some well-meaning Christian, you know, that says something that uh, to them feels good, but it's more like an umbrella and the enemy uses it to kind of pierce our soul. Wow. And um, one of the other things you share that when, when we lose a child, we grieve the loss of tomorrows. And when you grieve the loss of a God, you thought you knew the suffering is intensified. Can you un- can you unpack that a little bit of yeah. that idea of how you all these things are all in the book? So I, I somewhat feel like I'm 
I'm yeah. diving deep in, but you shared them in the book and they spoke yeah. to me. Yeah. Could you share a little bit about that for us? I think the hardest thing, um, I think the hardest thing is we'll never get to see the kids Whitney would have had. Hmm. We never, we, we never get to, she doesn't help us when we grow old. Uh, no one's going to be there for us in, in that way. Um, once we die, once my wife and I die, my son has nobody uh, mm-hmm. like that. Obviously he's got a, a loving wife and two yeah. children, but, but it's just not the same. Every blood yeah. relative he has will be gone at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, um, that's the grieving, the loss of tomorrow's yeah. is what uh, that's hard. But for me, I, I was also at another level of grief because the God I thought I knew um, who would rescue, who would make a way where there seems to be no way, who would hmm. all the things that we quote from the stage um, showed me another side of himself that I didn't like, hmm. uh, which is essentially us uh, asking and him saying, no, I'm, wow. I'm not going to give you a miracle. Yeah. Uh, and so people say it's in God's nature to heal. Totally agree. People say it's in God's nature to be good. Totally agree. I, yeah. I agree with all of that. In fact, yeah. I pray with people that need a miracle all the time. And many of them uh, uh, experience uh, things from the Lord that are amazing, but that wasn't our experience. So for whatever reason, God allowed this. Hmm. Uh, and that's hard to get our minds around. And remember Habakkuk was that way. Hmm. Um, and I found that one third of the Psalms, Hmm. are that way. Hmm. A lament is when you're complaining to God. Hmm. So what I found was a solidarity with one third of the psalmists who were just saying, I thought you were going to help me. I thought you were going to rescue me. I thought it was going to go this way, but it went this way. So I don't, and so what occurred to me in the process, and this is probably one of the deepest Eurekas I had in writing it. I thought the fact I'm complaining Hmm. means we're in covenant. Hmm. Like I expected you, like I am in such a deep relationship with you. I can't believe you're letting me go through this dark night. This makes no sense. And then that gave me the assurance that God was real, that he was there, that I I wasn't having a relationship with myself or my idea of God, but I was definitely grieving the loss of the God that I thought would never let us suffer in such a a horrific way, you know, and, but you know, what's also sad is as a pastor, somehow I had missed the pastoral care aspect. Like I, I mean, I had done lots of children's funerals Hmm. and I had said words to those families. I had hugged them, prayed with them, gone to their home Hmm. when they lost a child. I had no clue. I had Hmm. no clue the crisis they were in the fact that their, their heart rate, uh, would would go up uh, when they had certain smells or memories or you know certain meals mm-hmm. that they had with that child. Uh, just uh, and when you grieve the loss of an older person, you're grieving the loss of yesterday's. So it's just as grievous. It's terrible, but grieving the loss of tomorrow's. There's no memories attached to my tomorrow's that I won't get to have with her, and so that's what's hard. Yeah, and it's. Do you think is. As Christians, maybe in Pentecostals, how, do you think grieving is something we do well, or is it something that that's an opinion question? But is it something you think we can grow in? It is you know, leaders. certainly in America, I can't speak for for the rest of the world and where you guys are now, but in America, I think um, grieving is inconvenient for hmm. 
people that are living a commoditized life and they don't want to hear it. I don't know if they're, I think sometimes people are afraid if they get too close, something bad might happen to them. Okay. But I also think, you know, that passage that says that the blind man, you know, who, who sinned, you know, was it this man or his parents? We, we, and I talk about it in the book, we love to ascribe blame. We can't get our minds around the fact that God would be okay with our suffering. You know, uh, Dr. Greg Mundus uh, uh, told, uh, gave me a book uh, and, and, and told me uh, to uh, look at this, this missionary uh, who just chapter after chapter after chapter, you know, E. Stanley Jones, yeah. chapter after chapter of suffering, of missionaries going through horrific things for themselves. And I'm like, I... I don't know where this book uh, had been around for a long time. And I don't know if I didn't want to read it or, you know, and uh, Greg was just a, a real brother and a friend uh, and, and gave me a lot of comfort because it does help to know um, that God does allow suffering to come. And while it's mysterious, this is what gives me great hope that the resurrection of Jesus is a bigger deal for me now than most dads uh, in the city of Springfield, because Whitney is not dead right now. Yeah. Whitney is very much alive. I will see her again. I don't know what her day to day looks like upstairs. I don't know about all of that. But it's all mysterious, but I will see her again. And that's the promise of resurrection. And that's the power of Jesus to break the, the hole that death has so that even death, even death uh, um, had lost um, the, the winning hand that it had, you know? And you, as you share, it seems like you've become more comfortable with the mysterious and not having to have an answer. And is that true? Or is that just just my thought? No, it is true. Uh, here's what we say now, my wife and I say this, and unless you've suffered, you, it it won't make any sense to you. So you can write off a lot of what I'm saying, but you ex whatever happens to you, whatever trauma, whatever bad thing, uh, you have to, uh, you have to accept what happens as the will of God, that God has, it wasn't God doing it to you, but God has allowed this to happen. And so since that's true, uh, since that is a reality, um, then he'll help us. If you can't accept it as God's will, this is our other caveat, then accept it as the cross that you have to bear, right? So mm -hmm. even if it's not God's will, then this is the cross now that I have to carry, you know, for the rest of my ministry and the rest of our lives, you know, even into retirement. Um, this is this is going to be something that that um, is difficult for us to deal with. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and how has God, you talk about how the, the comforter has comforted you throughout these the storms. Is there any way that maybe that God has, you've seen God differently and how he's comforted you throughout this, this, this time. I think, um, shallow, shallow emotions, um, bring, you know, don't bring any comfort. Um, hmm. what the only thing that brings comfort for me, the word of God brings comfort okay. to me. Or when I hear a collection of God's people sing, um, there's something about the, the corporate worship of God. I think worship means more to me now, yeah. uh, though. And so I'm, you know, it'll be three years this August. 
but I am much more, I'm less judgmental when it comes to worship now so that people can only worship from where they're at. Okay. So regardless of style, even regardless of the, the words, it's the sincerity of the worshiper trying to give honor to the living God who oversees all of this and that I've somehow found freedom just to enter into that. So I sing, I don't judge. I don't uh, analyze songs or the doctrine of songs. Uh, we just give glory to God. And I think I'm much cleaner. I think suffering has made me a better person. Hmm. Uh, uh, but you know, I'm a, I'm a wounded person. You know, I, I am wounded and I'm trying to tell that to this generation. You know, I think when I graduated college, my theology was, uh, you know, uh, I'm an overcomer, greater is he that's within me, all the things we do to kind of get ourselves pumped up. And I never expected to be hit with the cares of life, but we're all going to suffer. Suffering has come to the kitchen table of every person in the world. Hmm. And uh, because of COVID and other things now, war in Hmm. Ukraine and other things, uh, suffering is here. It's real. You know, you see a mother's grief. Uh, I know that whale. Uh, when I hear that whale on TV, it, it buckles my knees. So before, I don't know that I would have felt it, I think, as a pastor, yeah. but not in my soul. Like it grieves my spirit to watch uh, these mothers and fathers um, try to make sense of of uh, something so ludicrous as as this war, you know? Yeah. You said shallow emotions that that doesn't could you go a little bit, share a little bit about shallow emotions? Is Was that shallow emotions from others or is that? Yeah. No, no. I think what I was referring to is before there was, there were moments in songs or song service hmm. where I might be moved nostalgically, or I might be moved even a little bit emotionally because of, of a favorite song or something. Yeah. But I think I'm just now I'm living in a deeper place okay. so that, so that I'm underneath my emotions. So I think I'm less, um, I'm actually less concerned about whether I'm feeling good today or bad today. It is what it is that feelings come and go like oceans lapping up on the beach. They just come and go. It just is what it is. If I have a very bad day, I miss Whitney, uh, terribly on this certain day. Um, then, um, you know, I, I realize that, but I realize that will pass. Okay. And that tomorrow I may have more peace in my heart than I do today. I don't chastise myself. I let let that emotion pass through me. I offer it to the Lord as my worship. He receives it as my, my obedience to the call in my life to keep yeah. going. And uh, yeah, so that's that's what I mean by that. So I'm not easily I'm not easily touched by uh, emotional things. It, it it's a there's a solidity inside my gut, but I'm also much more opinionated. Uh, about the love of God, about the resurrection of Jesus, about the hope we have. And I'm trying to help people that have jaded hearts or got angry at God to not be so angry at God. I think we have inadvertently put promises in God's mouth that aren't there. And uh, that's kind of what I talk about uh, in the, in the Bible, at least for me or in the book, uh, at least for me, the Bible has just become more real. Yeah. And so this is going to be airing around um, Father's Day, the week before, the week after. Um, And so if there's a father that is maybe listening in to this and he has prayed and prayed and not seen results, um, can you do you have any words of encouragement for him to where he can find strength? I do. And um, yeah, 
Yeah, I do. I think what I would do is I would keep praying. I would I would intensify those prayers. I would go all in, go mm-hmm. all in on faith, uh, believe and trust. And you don't have to do a caveat, you know, but God, if you don't come through, I'm still going to serve you. No, go all in, believe to the wall, go all the way to the wall and pray. And let's see what God will do. Let's see what will happen. But however that's resolved, mm-hmm. uh, if it's resolved with the with the answer to prayer you're asking for, then all the glory to God and and we give God praise for it. But if it's not resolved in the way that you want, it should not shake your faith. Okay. It, it should not shake your faith. It should not. I think, uh, I, you know, I think reading the book would help people that have, have had their faith shaken yeah. because you realize that you, you, the, you have no options. You have to mm-hmm. keep going. What does mm-hmm. that scripture say? To whom shall we go, Lord? Yeah. You know, uh, there's no other God to turn to. Yeah. Uh, all other gods are fake and phony and are idols. Yeah. So um, uh, I think, you know what I think now, and this is probably the deepest truth I could leave with the dad, and that is this life is not all there is. Hmm. The next life is going to be so amazing. I can see myself taking walks with my daughter, climbing a mountain with my baby girl and uh, enjoying life. You know, He says there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. He says he'll wipe every tear from our eye. The only thing that would wipe a tear from my eye is to be with my little girl again, right? And so I know he's real, and I know the next reality. That's why I work so hard now. I work harder now than I did before for the harvest, for the kingdom. I swallow my pain every day. My wife does too, and we get up, and we want to finish our path strong just like our daughter did, and uh, and we're encouraging, and, and our son is doing the same that we're yeah. just leaning in and trusting God. And so if there's the, you, you mentioned there that the, the pain's still there every day for those that are trying to care for somebody that's went through something like this, the pain doesn't dissipate. Is that correct? And then how, yeah. what words of advice or wisdom would you have for somebody that's listening in, maybe a father or, or maybe a mother or someone that wants to care for someone going through a time like this, um, how can they walk beside them and not try to push them through? Or yeah, does that make? Is yeah, that a clear I, question? I would not. I would not uh, theologically lecture them in any way. I believe the Holy Spirit will help them. So even if they're saying things that are not biblical or are not true, let them get it out. Let them express it because the Spirit will correct them hmm. in the process. They'll bounce off the rails of anger and despondency. They want to um, die or or not go through this looking for a way out, but the spirit will, will bring them back to a middle ground at some point. So there's no way to accelerate those seasons. You just have to be with somebody. There's, there's, there is nothing you can say, but then sometimes there is, or there, there's a verse. Well, you know, I I don't know why God allowed that. I don't know why, but Mm -hmm. I know he's here with us and he's listening. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do think the ministry of presence, the incarnational ministry, to me, this is the strength of for our missionary family that are around the world. They are embodying the presence of Christ in sometimes in very dark places, yeah. and their bodily presence matters. Like it totally matters to be there, yeah. uh, to be among those that are. Uh, far from God so that you can be a light. And and those witness moments don't happen very often sometimes in some of the cultures uh, that uh, that our folks find themselves in. So I think with grief, grief is a foreign country. 
And hmm. grief is a country that a lot of people have not visited. Hmm. And so for those of us that live in the land of grief, uh, the best way to understand is there's a different language here. There's a different feeling here. There's a different way we talk about God here. It's the same God you have. We just see him from a different place. And, and it's okay. You may not understand the language of grief. You don't have to. We hope you never do. But, uh, but just treat us like uh, we were from a foreign country <laughs> and love us and sit with us and eat with us and, and be, uh, be the best Jesus to us that you can be. That's a good word. Good word. Thank you. Well, Mike, will you pray with us? Um, pray for whatever direction you feel the Holy Spirit guiding and directing you um, yes. as, we, as we, we finish up the podcast today. Yes, Lord, I pray uh, for that dad that is walking through a difficulty right now, or even a mom that's listening, and their son, their daughter is in the midst of a battle. I pray that this podcast would encourage their heart, not discourage them. Lord, I pray that they would have faith. I pray for miracles to break out to folks that are listening to my voice. I pray in the name of Jesus for uh, strong things to happen. And I pray for that dad or that uh, uh, father who has lost someone close to him and is devastated on a holiday weekend like this. I pray for your closeness, for your grace, for your sovereign um, move of your Holy Spirit to comfort their brokenness. Be with them in that space and in that place. I pray, God, right now, even as some listening, that, that the tears would flow to say, God, you see my broken heart. You felt every pain when you walked the earth. And I give you my pain, my brokenness, my even my anger. I give all that to you. And I ask for your grace, your mercy, and your healing in my own soul. Uh, and I ask for this, Lord, in the name, in the mighty name, in the strong name, in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.